Thank you. Mm-hmm. Guess what I'm eating? By the sound of my crunch. Oh. My, don't look. Um, what are the bugles? Is no, what, I wish. Uh, yeah. I'll Celery? No. F*** that. <laughs> Don't put. I mean, I guess you could put that in now that you have a bleep out. Yeah, sound. that's true. Um, also, a uh, good thing to get out of the way up front on this one, I think, is um, content warning uh, for anybody who might be at a tender age or just warning. not interested in this kind of stuff. Um, this podcast contains explicit material. Yeah. Um, I don't think that we're going to get too hairy with anything. Um, but just, <laughs> I mean, if you, yeah, <laughs> um, if you haven't looked at the title, uh, <laughs> take a look at the title of the episode and then decide whether that's something that you're interested in hearing discussed. Um, uh, what are you eating? Um, life cereal. Oh, I was actually going to say checks when I saw it, but no. That's close. Checks are also very good. Yeah. This is Wegmans brand though. Oh, I was just at Wegmans and the power was out. <gasps> It was That's pretty trippy. wild. Yeah, it was weird. Um, Should we do a better warning? Uh, or we, I guess. We get it. What, do, what is your warning? Let's each do one and then I'll decide. Okay. Which one is better? <clears throat> Let me swipe the crumbs off my face. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you going to... Don't. Do you want to <laughs> do a content warning? Um, We might talk about dicks and vaginas and... All the other things. Mm-hmm. Do you want to name so, a few more just so that people are prepared? A few more. A few more things. Clitoris. That's one of them. Boobs. Mm-hmm. Vibrators. Mm-hmm. Penetration. Okay. So, um, I actually, just want to point out. I'm going to talk about maybe one of those things. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to point out <laughs> so, that I don't talk about any of those things in the research that I've done. So maybe I've come to the wrong show. Uh, but. Wait, we were doing pornography. Maybe I've podcast. brought a knife to a, a penis fight. But. Whoops. <laughs> we've all been there. Just want to say, I did a lot of research for this episode. Wow. A lot of. Um, ethnographic research for this episode is that a science joke that i'm supposed to understand to mean that you watched a lot of porn yes okay i did a medium amount of research for this one i've been a busy boy this week i know how was your week it was good that's good cool good recap this has been thank you lee's weekly recap it has um yep so this is me cute. Sometimes we start talking and I forget that I do the intro and then yeah. it, it just goes silent and it's really awkward. And then I stare at you. I edit that out though, so you don't have I to know. worry so about anyway, it. I know. So anyway, this is me uh, cute. Maybe I'll extend it this week though. So anyway, this is me cute where we talk about all the places that art and science intersect. I'm Lauren and ironically I'm menstruating today. 
Uh, um, I'm Lee, and I don't menstruate because I have an IUD. A Marina IUD. I got it at Planned Parenthood. This episode is brought to you by... God, I wish. Um... I don't even need Planned Parenthood to sponsor us for me to say that I love Planned Parenthood. Please support your local Planned Parenthood. They're Same. very good. It's a good organization. Same. I need to stop eating. You're just going to keep eating life cereal? I'm putting it way over here. Okay. Just like two inches out of my arm's reach. Mm. That's when you, when you go, I'll start eating. Okay. That Well, that's not how that works. That's how podcasts work, nope. right? It's not. When you talk, you just cut out all the stuff that I say. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this week, mm-hmm. I thought about going a couple different routes, and I struggled with which route I wanted to take. At first, I was like, oh, like the psychology of pornography, that might be interesting, but also mm-hmm. I was like really tired. And then I was like, yeah. oh, like the way that pornography has influenced technology because there's like inexplicably linked links between the rise in pornography and how it kind of pushes certain technology to become available Mm -hmm. so things like cds um video like stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but that was also kind of tired so instead i decided to (laughs) focus on vibrators go for it because i was real interested and I thought it'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. So I learned the first vibrators were used as medical instruments. Yes. For pain relief. Mm-hmm. And um, hysteria. And hysteria, yes. And the development of them was basically due to the fact that doctors were lazy and got tired of um, continually performing stimulation by hand. And they wanted something easier. So that's how we got our... Um, our first vibrators. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, these doctors didn't see it as a sexual act because there wasn't any penetration, which, classic, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> this was back when you, they thought they could, that hysteria was a real thing mm-hmm. and they could cure it. it. Yeah. 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 Well, you can't cure hysteria. Uh, they could, except with a lobotomy, probably. Vibrators became marketed for use in the home around 1900, mm-hmm. when like electricity became common in houses and things like light bulbs were being advertised. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're mostly marketed as like personal massages, not anything that was inherently sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the 1920s, ads began to dwindle because. Um, they these personal massagers or vibrators mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. starting. <clears throat> hold on, I shouldn't have eaten the life cereal. It's attacking my throat. This was a mistake. I know. In the 1920s, ads began to dwindle for these personal massagers or vibrators mm-hmm. uh, because they were starting to be used in porn, and people started linking them with sexual acts. So. Mm. They didn't want to advertise them because people would think, oh, there's Macy's advertising something that people use to get off on. And yeah. people, weren't, people weren't about that in the 1920s. Yeah. Um, people so aren't they kind super of, about it now. True, that's also true. Same. 
there's it's still not a huge mm-hmm. um people don't want to advertise it overtly mm-hmm. um so they kind of went unnoticed until the sexual liberation movement in the 1960s mm-hmm. and they uh the first cordless vibrator was patented in 1968 and then of course now today we have a variety of vibrators from like plug-in ones, rechargeable, cordless, etc., mm-hmm. etc. There's you know many different shapes, many different uses. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big market. Yeah. Um, so the most important part of the vibrator is, of course, the vibration motor. That's what makes it a vibrator. Um, <laughs> Continue. <laughs> it basically takes electricity from the batteries or from the wall and turns that into the vibration movement that mm-hmm. makes you feel good. Um, so the electric motor inside works to convert that electrical energy into mechanical energy. And so basically it's, there's a bunch of coils Mm -hmm. of wire in the shape of a hollow cylinder. Um, and when electricity is pumped through those coils, it creates a magnetic field within the cylinder. Mm -hmm. And inside of the cylinder, there's another cylinder that has magnets on it. And so when the the magnetic field is created inside, the inner cylinder starts rotating, mm. which creates the mechanical energy that can be transferred then to the rest of the vibrator. Okay. Um, so there are Makes six sense. main parts to an electric motor. Mm-hmm. One is the rotor, which is the inside part the inside cylinder that does the spinning and contains the magnets. It's named because it rotates. It's the rotor. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the bearings, which support the rotor and let it rotate. Mm -hmm. Um, That's usually outside of the the inner workings of the motor. There's the stator, which is the outside cylinder that has the coils. Mm. Um, And it's named that because it doesn't rotate. It stays. It's a stator. There's the air gap, which is the distance between the rotor and the stator. And typically, they try to keep it as small as possible because a large gap can lead to, like, decreases in performance over time. Hmm. Hmm. Um, there's the windings, which are also known as the coils, which is just mm-hmm. coils of wire that are electrified. They're usually wrapped around soft iron poles to create magnetic poles when they're electrified. Okay. Uh, and there's the commutator that switches the inputs of the motors. Hmm. So it's just like a little switch, basically. Yeah. Um, and something I found interesting that sometimes these electric motors, not necessarily in the case of vibrators, but um, sometimes electric motors can be run backwards to generate energy. So if you mm. take the the rotor and you rotate your like rotate it by hand, you can mm-hmm. create electricity within the coils around it. Yeah, um, and they use that technology in like regenerative motors or regenerative braking motors. Yeah, um, but in vibrators, electric motors are equipped with a weight that causes the motor to become off balance, oh. and that's what causes a vibration. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So in most motors, you want it to be as balanced as possible because that uh, an off-balance of the motor is an inefficiency within the motor. You're losing right. energy to that balance. Yeah. Um, but in the vibrator, that's what you want. That's the output right. that you want. Huh. 
Um, so I thought that I was really have... cool. Yeah. Huh. Um, so wild. the speed of the motor, the size of the weight, and the position of the weight all determine the type of vibration, whether it's mm-hmm. going to be like really fast and really high, I guess, high amplitude or mm-hmm. low with low amplitude or somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> amplitude, the word that people use. I mean, I don't know how else to describe yeah, whether no, it's like a or a that's, Yeah, that's <laughs> a, <laughs> or somewhere in between though. Yeah, no, like that's definitely the correct word to use. It's just I don't know. It's a very I knew that this was yes. going to be a weird topic. I first of all, I knew this was going to be a treacherous topic to research. Yeah. Um, but I also knew that like this was going to be a weird topic to talk about like from kind of a more scientific and like objective yes. and critical perspective yes. you know because it's just it's not something that gets really talked about or talked about mm-hmm. in like i don't know but yeah no that's <laughs> some um some vibrators come with printed circuit boards for if they have different settings or other features like some of them are bluetooth some of them are remote controlled some of them have different settings some of them you can sync up to music apparently um so any of those special features that need to be controlled by a computer they have printed circuits printed circuit boards in them mm-hmm. um i did also come across one they mentioned one vibrator it does i don't think it doesn't really use a motor but it uses the suction of a vacuum it's like an <laughs> attachment that you attach to your vacuum Oh, oh! Like so, it actually uses the vacuum. It uses the vacuum cleaner, mm-hmm. yes. So you can say you have some cleaning to do. I gotta go clean the bathroom. That's what that song "Crazy Ex Girlfriend" was about. Yes, um, the buzzing <laughs> from the bathroom. She was just vacuuming the whole time. Mm-hmm. But also, who vacuums their bathroom? Mm-hmm. Nobody. No one vacuums their bathroom. Gotta go vacuum my bathroom. That even sounds like a euphemism. It does. <laughs> it really does. It really, really does. Uh, so that's about all I had. It's not much. But I thought it was interesting. Cool. Mm-hmm. Electric motors. I didn't want to go too in depth on the electric motor side because a lot of it isn't necessarily applicable to vibrators themselves because they're really small electric motors. It's not. I did a stumble upon a forum that. Mm-hmm. Do I still have it open? Someone posted like, I just bought a vibrator at a store, and they said not to use name brand batteries in it. What to the? use off brand batteries in it because they'll last longer or something. And the guy was like, or I think it was a guy. I was like, is this true? And people were like no (laughs) and then some people were like like it could be like if the current out of the name brand batteries is higher than that out of the off-brand batteries but that's unlikely because they're the same size battery they have the same voltage yeah so who knows wild who's to say who's to say did he ever, did he just test it and find out? That would be a fun test. That would be a fun scientific experiment. Would it? Yeah. So, the majority of my research <laughs> this week 
Um, Hold on, let me get my popcorn. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, Thank you. I'm ready. Um, Yeah, you are now. So the majority of my research this week focused on pulp. Or actually, hold on. Let me let me do my joke that I was going to do. Uh, what do orange juice and pornography have in common? <laughs> I was going to make an orange juice joke. Too bad. I beat you to it. Um, be- so yeah, I I I'm looked really into grinding my gears. Yeah, um, I looked into pulp magazines and also Pulp Fiction. Um, not the movie. I couldn't give a shit about Quentin Tarantino. Uh, but Pulp Fiction novels and magazines. Um, I'm going to play a game real With quick. With me? With yes. me? Yes. Yeah. Um, welcome to the game, Lauren. Uh, this is a Can you segment. Put a, a good, like, um, theme music to it? Just like, do do There it is. That's it. Okay. Um, so uh, this is a game that I like to call not a ripoff of anything anyone else has done anywhere ever before. Um, and it's a single question that I have for you. I love this game. It's a really good game. Um, which of these is not the name of a real pulp romance novel? It's one of them Llama Land. No, I did think about Llama Land, though. I thought about Llama Land so much while I was researching this. I was like, this is the only, like, this is the only context that I have for this is Llama Land. (laughs) <laughs> go read llama land if you haven't read it it's something else um did you read the whole thing yeah it's a journey okay. uh it's a, it's a journey and a half um so okay uh here here are your choices okay <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> okay and some of these please don't look these up um it ruins the integrity of the game um, Can I look but, them up afterwards to see the cover yes. art? Yeah, absolutely. Um, some Wait, of these I'm choosing are the one that's not real. Yes, yeah, you're choosing four. One there that are you five. There are five options. One of them is not real. Um, some of these are modern. Uh, some of these are more recent. Some of these are vintage from Pulp's heyday. Um, your five options are, lady, that's my skull. <laughs> Brain guy. <laughs> barefoot and pregnant that was about me federal hunk and rancher's perfect baby rescue the options one more time lady that's my skull brain guy barefoot and pregnant there is a question mark uh federal hunk and rancher's perfect baby rescue (laughs) they're all so good i know they're all so good um i'm gonna go with federal hunk (laughs) ding 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 you got it that was the one that i made up um yeah, I just I I still can't get over Rancher's Perfect Baby Rescue as the title for a book, I a piece title for a piece of literature. So I'm honestly, Rancher's can I Perfect 
baby rescue. Can I tell you something? I'm so glad that I didn't make that up. I'm so glad that that sincerely exists so on this earth. Um, that's my game that I came up with that was for really this episode. Good. Thank you. Um, so moving on to some real knowledge. Um, so pulp. I'm sorry. What's what's going on? What's going on now? Barefoot and pregnant. It doesn't it sound like a show on TLC or something? Like it sounds like such a like it sounds like a tabloid headline, but it's a novel. It's a book. It's a book that's real. Um, sorry, not no, to take right. the steam out I, of this. On it, no, honestly. Oh, that was another thing that I was thinking about. We need to go at least one episode without talking about sexy water. But I was like, you know what's you know what's really uh, sexy water is steam. steam. There it is. You just make it hot. Get it hot, and then it's sexy. Get it hot. Um, Fogs so, up the windows. <laughs> uh, so pulp magazines um, started in like the very, very tail end of the 1800s and sort of had their heyday through like the 1950s, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, they got their name, as pretty much I think most people know, uh, from the cheap paper that they were published on. It was made out of wood pulp. Um, and it kept overhead low, made it possible for the magazines to cost 10 cents, um, which made them really popular and really widely accessible. And like, it was a really smart marketing choice because mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was kind of lowbrow for the most part, but it was also like, they were selling copies, you know, and right. a lot of like really well-renowned authors wrote for pulps. Like it was a really steady paycheck at a time when it was I mean, maybe not as difficult as it would be now to have a steady paycheck as a writer, um, but still, like, not not an easy thing to do. Um, and they usually paid advances, so you would get paid up front. Um, so mm-hmm. pretty much every, like, well-known author from that time period did at some point write for pulps, a lot of the time under pseudonyms, um, not even mm-hmm. so much to protect their identity, but more because they wanted to publish more and they it like it would get boring the magazines thought if they were publishing stuff by the same author all the time so they would have pseudonyms um pulp magazines um span pretty much every genre like they were all really intensely mm-hmm. genre driven you know like there's mysteries there's westerns there's thrillers um but the the thing that's most commonly associated with pulp is like the sexiness of it and like the like i mean Mm-hmm. One of the most iconic things about pulp magazines and pulp novels are the covers. Um, yes. Like you said, like when when I was like, oh, these are, you know, four real romance novels and one fake one. Mm-hmm. Um, the the first thing that you said was, I need to look up the covers on these. Like it's it's the first thing that people think of right now is, and I don't know if that was necessarily the case then, but it's the thing that's most iconic about them. And they usually feature scantily clad women surprised mm. by corpses, uh, scantily clad women watching detectives investigate yeah. corpses, and the corpses of scantily clad women. Those are the things that are most common uh, in, according to my research, which has been extensive um, in the past two days mm-hmm. when I've researched this. Uh, and I was like... A lot of naked ladies and corpses. So pulp romance is what I'm going to specifically talk about uh, outside of the more general world of pulp. Um, Pulp romance has historically been a thing that women have enjoyed. It's been 
written for women mm-hmm. um, and consumed by women, which I will never be able to parse the logic behind what is for mm-hmm. women and what's for men. Like, I mean, romance novels have really taken a turn for the feminine in the past few decades. Uh, they tend to be written by women for women now. Um, but the majority of pulp authors writing um romance stories were men so like i don't really know how it ended up being women who were consuming these right as pornography essentially like it's i mean people kind of skate around it a lot with romance novels but it is it's softcore porn yeah and like how much of it is women actually being interested in it versus people telling women that's what they should be well, the thing is interested in the thing is that honestly, I think that women it was it was a way to appear feminine because it's a literary pursuit. You're reading, mm-hmm. you know, true, true, true. Um, but it was it was a way I think it has more to do than anything else with the fact that women are sexually repressed. And this is actually mm-hmm. this is this actually clears up the thing that was also on my brain Um regarding this because i was thinking about it and i was like how are romance novels for women and wrestling is for men how is that not the opposite how like how is that not how is that that's so backwards that doesn't make any sense but Mm -hmm. um romance novels are a release for women in terms of being able to like explore their sexuality and wrestling Mm -hmm. is a release for men to be able to explore vulnerability wrestling is great i'm really into wrestling right now let's do it (laughs) ding 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 here we go. Um, In this corner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. But no, like that's like that's exactly what it is. It's this way to explore this thing that you're interested in and that excites you, but mm-hmm. you're not allowed to express it in the way that right. like women weren't allowed to have, you know, dirty magazines and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But this was literature, you know, so you could kind of get by. Classy. Um, but and this is sort of like a circumlocutive thing like women enjoyed it because it was a release it was you know it was a way to explore sexuality without Mm -hmm. getting caught basically and Mm -hmm. so because of that you know oh this is a thing that's for women nobody's really looking into it nobody's really censoring it you know Mm -hmm. nobody's really paying attention to what's going on in these because it's stupid and it's for women right but because of that like because it's not serious because it's not real art you can do whatever you want with it and Mm -hmm. there is a huge 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 history of queerness in pulp romance nice because you could get it past the censors because this was a way to publish queer stories without you know like getting in trouble for it essentially and Mm -hmm. without anybody Mm -hmm. being like hey you can't do that this is a book like it's it's a magazine it's 10 cents it's for women who's reading it you know right. who who's gonna who's gonna yell at you? Um, I mean, censorship at the beginning of the twentieth century was not. I mean, I mean, there was no way to get fully around it. You know, like you were gonna run into it at some point, whether it was a stupid magazine that was ten cents and it was for women and poor people or not. You know, there was still mm-hmm. gonna be some censorship, and so to get past the censors, <laughs> these authors used the oldest trick in the book. Tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme, 
burying your gaze. <laughs> so this is the thing. And the, I don't I don't even know how I ended up here uh, researching for this one. I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to mm-hmm. we're doing an episode on pornography. Um, here we go. Going to talk about burying your gaze. Um, it kind of started off and especially in pulp, like especially in pulp. Um, mm-hmm. It was a way around censorship. That was that was kind of the goal of it. There's a huge history mm-hmm. of um, like lesbian stories, specifically in pulp. Uh, the Price of Salt, the book that Carol is based off of. Is that kind of where it began, or do you think, or do you know, does Bury Your Gaze have um, further further history back? Bury Your Gaze is essentially. What it comes from is, and I can never remember the actual name of the rule. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it was a law. I don't remember if it was a law or not. Um, But there was, it it was like some, I don't think it was the most, it might have been the Motion Picture Association of America. The, you know, the. the, Oh, yeah. The MPAA. Yeah, the green. The motion picture law. The green screen that pops up before a movie in a movie theater and is like, that's pretty entertaining for audiences, whatever. Um, those people. So mm-hmm. they had, I'm pretty sure it was them. I do not quote me on that. I looked yeah. into it a little bit. I didn't really have time. I couldn't find it. But there was some rule that you had to, you could show people in films doing immoral things, but you had to mm-hmm. show them also being punished. Mm-hmm. So you could have queer characters that was fine as long as they were punished for being queer. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of where that all comes from. And like that was, uh, I mean, that same censorship existed in literature that wasn't relegated right. just to film, um, which is why, you know, lesbian pulp and gay pulp is what it is. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. full of that. But it's also, that's the thing that directly results in queer coded villains you know, because you're seeing mm-hmm. you're seeing all of these people being punished for their terrible actions. And it's not. I mean, it it is insidious, but it's not intentional. I feel like, right. you know, it's not intentional that every single Disney villain is coded as gay. It's they're not mm-hmm. doing that on purpose. They're not doing that because they hate gay people. They're doing that because it's baked into the history of cinema, you know. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. But I was like, that's the whole bury your gaze thing it's everywhere Mm -hmm. and i was like it's so interesting that in this case it was almost being reclaimed in that Mm -hmm. particular context you know of like this is a way to get around censorship and still write what we want to write right cool yeah sorry to derail yeah 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 that's all i got that was my that's cool. My 15 minutes of fame. I feel like this was, I mean, I I don't know what I expected, um, but I, yeah, I kind of, either. I'm not surprised that we didn't really actually do an episode on <laughs> pornography. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a very, it's a very hot topic, but it's also like, it's not that interesting. You know, it's, I feel like, yeah, it's pretty cut and dry. And like, I started to look into um, my first instinct was like christian imagery is real horny like Mm -hmm. i wanted like that was the first thing that i wanted to look into and then i was like the more i look into this the more 
conservative WordPress blogs I'm reading and I, oh, I'm not enjoying God. myself and this isn't going to be yeah. fun content. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to, what's, what are romance novels up to? And it turns out a whole lot. A whole lot. Yeah. And they're still, still going. Oh yeah. Too. They're hugely popular. Yeah. Yeah. So are vibrators. So are vibrators. We're still going. Still, still going. Yeah, we very energizing. We kind of went. <laughs> um, we both kind of went down an early twentieth century rabbit hole that ends up here. That and like it's here. It's things that yeah. are for women that aren't really for women that end up becoming for women. Yes, that's true. I think that you know they have very similar paths. Yeah, we did the same thing. Amazing. I love it. We're I love so it. in sync. We're going to have to turn one of the romance novels into a vibrator. Or one of the vibrators into a romance novel. Into a romance novel. (gasps) What would the title of the romance novel be? Let me paint you a picture. Um, I had a toothbrush when I was a little kid. It had Tweety Bird (gasps) on it. And um, Mm. it would play a little song when you press the button. And that was how long you were supposed to brush your teeth for. It played a little song for two minutes. Mm-hmm. What if we do that, but with a vibrator in a romance novel? For two minutes. For two minutes. Perfect. <laughs> Billion dollar idea. Jeff, it get at us passage. so that we can turn you down. Uh, what? It reads a passage out of the book mm-hmm. for two minutes. Mm-hmm. Your vibrator does. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah. Oh, and you can set it up so that like you could link it to your Kindle. Via Bluetooth. You can link it to your God, car you know how Bluetooth. Em- you know how embarrassing it would be if somebody came into your house and their phone's Bluetooth was on? You know how it like automatically starts playing? If your vibrator started playing what was on their phone in the other room and you had to go turn it off. Gosh. Sorry, that's what a, my uh, what a faux pas. Toothbrush. <laughs> I just gotta go brush my teeth real quick. <laughs> what, a, what an embarrassing faux pas that we've all experienced. Oh, so embarrassing. So, you know, when, you know, so, you know how embarrassing it is when people come over to your house and their Bluetooth the new is on neighbors their phone. Come over. Yeah, they bring a nice casserole, and but their Bluetooth is on, and you just forgot to turn your vibrator off. <laughs> and they're listening to Pod Save America. Oh yeah, <laughs> Pod Save America is playing on your vibrator. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god, that's the worst. Mm-hmm. I hate when that happens. I know. Uh, if you hate when that happens, um, you can write to us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Um, thank you very much to She's a Spy for, for some reason, entrusting us to play their music at the beginning and end of our program. They hadn't heard the show yet at that point, which I think was probably true. in our favor. Uh, and they only knew us via our... Very well crafted. Yes, emails. yes, our very, uh, our very. Yeah, we collaborative, had to write together. Our very, uh, yeah, uh, our crowdsourced emails. Um, yeah, yeah, but they're they're great. I really do love them. I mm-hmm. I was listening to them on the way home from Wegmans today. Uh, oh, jelly. Yeah, I know it was great. Uh, you can find them as I did today uh, in my car on Spotify. Uh, by searching for She's a Spy, and uh, they're really lovely, and it would mean the world to me if you would check them out. Please. You can find us online at meetcutest.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at meetcutest, and you can also email us 
mm-hmm. please hello at mecutist.com yeah we've only gotten one email and it was a cease and desist so we would love more friendlier emails yeah uh please don't send us ceases and desist or please please don't send please no ceases and or desists um unless that's what your job is and in that case you know whatever we'll take it down um yeah we're just we're low profile whatever um low pro uh what do i say uh oh if you enjoyed the time that you spent with us today um you hopefully not too much um you can find if you really got off on the time <laughs> you spent with us the two minutes you spent with yep. us today yes yeah, a short one um short one. God. <laughs> why i'm sorry no, why did this when did this become the way that i live um if you if you liked what you heard uh there's more where that came yeah, from and uh you can find us on itunes and also on spotify uh by searching meet cute i assume that you've already done one of those two things uh considering you're listening to this show but um it would also be cool of you to tell your friends to do one of those two things uh people that you know who would enjoy podcasts uh people who you know who enjoy weird nonsense we have both of those things right here uh for the low low price of no dollars and 30 minutes of your time a week um so yeah uh rate and review the show on itunes too if that's what you're into um i haven't checked recently to see if anybody's done that but uh, i'm told that it's important by other people who also do this thing that we're doing now and um far be it from me to not listen to their sage advice we still only have one five-star review on itunes from nicole friggy ferg we want more. We are greedy. Yeah, we're hungry. <laughs> Feed this us. Would be, yeah, I was going to say this would be a good time. To... Mm. There's one of our reviews. Yep. If you'd like to sustain uh, Lauren, this is the only way to do so, unfortunately. Uh, how are we going to finish? I love that. That's great. Thank you. I came up with it myself. <laughs> I just met next week. Together is the right answer. (laughs) Uh, This is the end of the show. Bye.